This is back to back. What's up, back-to-backers? This is Willie Joy. Welcome to the show. This is Back to Back. This is my podcast. Hello to all my friends. We're back. Back in the saddle. Back in business. Back in black. In all the ways that you can be back, uh, we are that. I have returned. What do you want from me? I took a couple weeks off, all right? But hey, I missed you too. We are back. Uh, The time off was great, actually. Great to clear my head. Great to recharge the batteries, think about what I wanted to do with the podcast for the next year, all the episodes we're going to do. And let me tell you, the next couple months, man, we got some great people. And we are kicking it off with both old and new friends. E.T. Finger, the new group from Bro Safari and UFO, is on the podcast. E.T. Finger is here, two legends in the game, teaming up for this new project. Uh, they've worked together a, a lot in their careers. You've seen them collaborate on whole albums in the past, but this is the first time they've officially brought it together, and they just released their debut EP, self-titled EP, four tracks out right now. E.T. Finger, go get it. You'll hear me tell them in the conversation. I, I love it. It's just, it's refreshing. It feels unique. It's familiar in great ways. It's unfamiliar in great ways, and uh, it is just the start for them. Uh, you'll hear a stop in this conversation. They've got a ton more music on the way. This is very much just the beginning for E.T. Finger. There's a link in the description of this episode where you can go grab the new EP, follow E.T. Finger, stay up to date with all of the uh, avalanche of new music that they're working on. Go follow E.T. Finger. Do it. You can follow me as well at Willie Joy at Back to Back Pod on everything. You can come join the Back to Back Discord. The link for that is in the description as well. Very happy to have E.T. Finger for the the first guest of the new year for me. Uh, You know, Bro Safari, UFO, both legends in their own right. UFO, uh, one of the first preeminent drum and bass DJs in the United States. Uh, A true legend in the late 90s, early 2000s out in the Bay Area. One of the first to really make connections between the U.S. and the U.K. scenes. Uh, He's full of stories. You know, we'll have him back on at some point because it's just too much to fit in one. But it was great having him on. And, uh, you know, Bro Safari. Bro Safari was on the show the first year of the podcast. And uh, so much has happened since then. You know, he put the Bro Safari project up on the shelf for a while, took some time to refocus, and uh, it's great to see him back together, man. I love talking to these guys, veterans in the game uh, with a lot of wisdom and knowledge to share. And uh, it's exactly these kind of conversations that I love putting out here on the pod. Uh, Enjoy it. Thanks for listening. 2023, baby, we're back. Let's get it going. This is me and E.T. Finger, back to back. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to fucking see you guys. I mean, I, yeah, I haven't seen either of you guys in probably, I mean, definitely before the pandemic, but even then probably like a year or two. I mean, we did the tour together like right before the pandemic. That was like 2019, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And now after that, like I just disappeared. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody kind of did in their own way, but I really disappeared. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, I you know, of course I saw the, the letter you posted about all of that. And it, I mean, in a way I, I related to some of what you were saying, man, cause I'm the same, like, unless I'm, unless I'm touring with somebody or, or working with somebody, like I'm not the kind of person who's good at staying in touch, really. I, I would like to be better at it, but yeah, if right. if I'm not if I don't have a direct reason to contact you, I'm probably not going to, for better or for worse. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know that that's a good quality, <laughs> but it is something that I've kind of realized about myself. Because every time I see somebody, like I see you guys, I'm like, oh, I love you guys. Why haven't I talked to you guys in so long? And it's like, oh, right. It just Everybody happens, else man. in my life. <laughs> yeah. Nature of the beast. Everyone's keeping busy, staying on top of it. You know, uh, I, I've realized that myself, um, just even with family members. Like my mom's like, you don't call me anymore. I'm like, I kind of just fell in the music even deeper. You know, there was so much going on that you're like, okay, I don't want to even listen to anything that I was doing like even a day ago. And so just, I fell into these dark holes of sound and kind of discovering a different side of electronic music that had nothing to do with dance music, but even more artier and weirder. And, you know, it's like 808s, ambient music and like CB radio communication, you know, and just, just going in other places and kind of trying, I mean, also during that moment, I was teaching my girlfriend, uh, my wife, how to produce music. So I, we, I would come up with these strange, easy ways of making music, but getting results really fast. So it was all about the results and how the results then turn into um, results, get you hyped up and quick results then make you want to finish and work even more. And then we'd go into like, all right, well imagine if this is the way it sounds like, what does it look like? And they're like, okay. And then you, you keep going, but um, you know, it's almost like the results give you endorphins to keep moving on but you do simple stuff so you know i would be like 808s are really fun and like just let those play and let that happen with pads and then tell us you know just like really abstract stuff that almost it sounds like you're on hold <laughs> yeah, yeah but but in like 2065 you know <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's like drone generation is is literally part of you know the human psych. Yeah. Know. In general, I, I would come up with all these theories. Drone generation is what we're, I think, all sitting, you know, letting 808 just and that being normal, you know. Wait, I, I'm not sure that I do know. I, I was with you right up until the end. <laughs> the, the drone generation part, you're, you're saying that like those tones and, and us hearing those tones connects with like a primal part of being human is that what you're saying uh no but i think it will i think the 80s created drone generation you know 808 generation like 808s are a normal part of music i just think about it like we all go yeah that sounds great and it's just it's like literally stepping in front of like a motor and that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like good you know that like <laughs> yeah. makes sense to us like 
You know what I mean? Like we all go, yeah, that's good. And, you know, grab someone from 1847 and be like, this is music. They'd be like, <laughs> what, you know, it, what is, this? is this an industrial thing? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, I, I start to, oh, yeah, I'm, that's kind of where I'm always at with music. I'm always trying to like put it, I always put myself in the past and in the future. And then I think, well, what's happening now? How can this affect all of those at the same time. So well, this, okay, so this is this. kind of interesting because I mean, if you think about early electronic music, like early, early, you know, John Cage and that kind of thing. I mean, a yeah. lot of what a lot of what those people were dropping back then was what was not considered music at the time, right? Like he would he would go yeah. up on stage and he would tune eight different radios at the same time, and that was like the concert, right? So yeah. I saw that reminds me, I saw recently, I think um my wife sent me a TikTok of footage from like the first gathering of people listening to electronic music and they're all sitting on the ground and just standing around. Craftwork. Yeah, it was craftwork. Yeah. And everybody's just kind of just uh, like they're it's not that they're not into it, they just have no idea what they're listening to. Yeah. They're there for it and they want to be there, but it's just you can see the look on everybody's face. What is this? I have a friend who's like, like probably about a hit or sixties and she's British. And she was explaining to me the first time she heard a vocoded voice over a rig. And she, she told me that the first thing she did was like hold her boyfriend's hand at the time because she was terrified. <laughs> she was just like the first time I ever heard craft work, I was terrified. I was scared. Literally like it was so new and so heavy. And so I've never heard it. It was human, but it wasn't human. And I was like, amazing. Well, I mean, think about like, uh, you know, back to classical music. Was it, was it Wagner? I forget who there was like some new symphony that started a riot when they performed it. It was either like Wagner or maybe even Bach. I can't remember, but it, you're just making me think about the fact that we've broken all of these barriers in sound and now we're kind of in this generation of, you know, everything's in our face all the time and you're sort of constantly overstimulated. And do you guys think, I mean, I'm just bullshitting here, but is it possible to blow people's minds anymore? Like, is it, is there some frontier we haven't I, found? Yeah. I, I, one, yes. I think there, you know, it remains to be seen how that's going to happen right now, but I definitely had a period, um, I think like the mid two thousands when I think Aphex twin released drugs. Yeah. And I remember listening to it and saying to my friend at the time, like it doesn't get any crazier than this right. or, you know, Venetian snares, people like that who were, it, it's, it was so crazy. It's just like, it's, it's, it's hit its ceiling. It can't, music can't possibly get any stranger than this yeah. or more intense or whatever. And sure enough, over the next you know two decades, we've seen it kind of get dumbed down. And that doesn't mean it's gotten bad. I think in some some aspects, a lot of music has gotten pretty bad. But you know, simple doesn't mean bad to me. Simple oh, me is, is often the best music. Yeah. Um, but I mean, point being is that I had that that thought a long time ago that I don't think that you can really blow anybody's minds by the way you present the music at this point. Yeah, it's I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. This is this is a fun way to start talking about. It. I mean, Ed, when we got on this topic originally, it, you were saying that like your mom was saying you never call her anymore. And then you were saying it's sort of because you fall into these rabbit holes 
and get like hyper focused with with music. Have you always been that way? Because every time I talk to you, it's it's always fun because I never know exactly where it's going to go. But then if if that's true for you, too, where you kind of never know where it's going to take you, I wonder I wonder what that's like for you. I think it's just always been part of my personality. Um, and I've always been like, I've always been that guy that kind of jumped in a scene and then got it. And then I was like, all right, I get it. I'm going to keep pushing. Like, I don't want to use amens and Reese lines. Like I want to use African drums and like, you know, hip hop 808s. And then I remember like Danny fresh from bad company. We're like, if you just use an amen and a Reese line, like you'd get signed, you'd be down with, you're down with us already. Just like make the move. And I was like, I, I, I did it already on that last song. I'm not going to do it again. They're like, mate, just do it. Just do it. We want you to be the, the guy. Like we like you. Um, and that's kind of like my, also probably one of the reasons why I've always maintained underground. Like the minute yeah. I hit something really amazing, I'm done with it. And I'm like trying something new. And I think it's just this, uh, the feeling that I get is embarrassment of like repeating myself. And I think in this industry, if you really want to stand out, it's all about repetitiveness because not everyone that listens to your music is a musician. Like they take it in and they're just processing the first thing and they're making sense of it in a weird way. And then they want like a new version, like a clone version and another clone version. And I've always been that guy that was already like over it. But I think that's just because really the first thing that got my brain to decipher and acknowledge reality and sound and everything is because I, I was painting when I was a kid and uh, I was all about like things that looked awkward and letters that looked awkward. I almost went about things more difficult but lately, the older I get, it's almost like, oh, you can do a lot less and still be different and futuristic. So I always go back to like, you know, like minimalism. And, and so I take advantage of, you know, I would say uh, school of arts like uh, like Bauhaus and stuff like that. And so I'm always on that like level when it comes to making music. I'll play things for people that I think are amazing and they're like, it's going nowhere. I'm like, that's the point. It's so beautiful. And it's the, it's the different things that happen, but it all, it takes time. So yeah, I think the older I get, the more, I mean, also I do crazy things where it's like, stop editing for a minute. Just like, let it kind of, you know, that always leads to something cool. too. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, what I think that's why me and Nick work together because he's able to grab whatever chaos and he understands it, but he kind of almost sees this like in, in a, broader spectrum where I'm not really, I don't really care about anybody. I'm not really interested in pleasing anyone else but myself because I'm making music in order to cope with like just being me, you know? So I make music as a way of like therapy. I step to the computer as if like a monk is meditating or, you know, or it's, it's, it's literally, so I don't go nuts. And I think, um, wait, wait, what happens if you, what happens if you don't make music for a while or if you can't, like if that's your, um, that's good too. I love it. I like, I'm not, I don't believe in writer's block. I don't have writer's block. I just say, I just don't, I'm not going to make music today. And sometimes that's last like three or four months. And that's lasted two years where I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to go work at a gallery now, or I'm going to go like wash dishes. Like I, to me, it's just like, 
it's not the time now. Like I'm not excited. Maybe other things are exciting. Maybe fashion's exciting. Maybe, you know, living in New York or, you know, Texas, like I'm excited to kind of take that in. And even I think, Hey, you used to make music or you used to make drum and bass. Like what's happening? Like, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I don't really feel like making it. Like I, I never feel like I have to make music yeah. because there's no, the, that just, there's no need well, for that's that. Good, like, man. That's, that's pure. You know, I mean, that's, it, it seems like you're extremely in the moment and extremely instinctual with how you're creating, which is the more people I talk to on this podcast, even, I mean, it's, that's kind of the holy grail that I think everyone tries to get to at a certain point of being able to tune out the external stuff, being able to not worry about, and don't let me put words in your mouth. Maybe you have, or you do worry about this stuff, but you know, I I think a lot of people get, okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people get derailed by worrying about how is this perceived? Where does this fit in? How can I capitalize on this attention? You know, all of these various things. And I mean, it sounds like maybe you've just never thought about in that way. It's just not who he is. I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for it, but I mean, as somebody who's worked with him for so long, like Ed oozes creativity, like genuine, raw, expressive art, you know, whether it's like, if he's not making music, like when he comes to visit here in Texas and he's hanging out, if he's not working on music, he's like drawing or painting. He's constantly creating. That's a end of story, you know? Yeah. Or and, it's, 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 it's very childlike in a, in a good way. You know, it's very like, like you said, the Holy grail, it's kind of like what every, every adult artist is like constantly oh, chasing. Yeah, you're always trying it's to just, get back it's to all natural coming from this guy. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best, man. Cause you're always trying to get back to, to being a kid as an artist, I think. Yeah. So that, that's you, a, you really are. Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing. Yeah. Man. You, that's the secret. That's literally the secret. Yep. If you can just never like exit the child in your life, it's hard to do though, man, for some people at least. It's hard to do for me. But you okay, so you guys are talking about kind of the 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 free-flowing nature of like Ed, your creativity and your ideas and you're always working right. on something and Nick, you coming in and kind of being able to to see the <laughs> patterns in the chaos, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously one thing I want to talk to you guys about is this project you're doing together and you guys have been collaborators for a long time in various forms. But before we even really talk about like the current project, I just wanted to ask you, because I was curious, do you guys remember when you first met each other? And do you have any impressions of that? I I remember it better than he does. (laughs) All right. So I I was playing uh, when I was doing shows uh, with Evil Intent. Um, And I had a set in San Francisco and I was there. I don't remember exactly how it came together, but somebody was like, that's UFO. And I went up and I introduced myself and we exchanged numbers. And I was like, you know, I'm a big fan. Now to, to just give a little more context to that. I, um, I think I got into German bass in like the late nineties, like 97, 98. And he, I was buying UFO records. Like when I first started to DJ, when I first got into electronic music, before I was producing, I was just buying records like anybody else yeah. at the time. 
and I was buying Funkatech records, you know, and so I was a fan of his for, you know, a decade before we met, probably before we started working. Sure. And yeah, I want later on, just for anyone listening to this, like I would add, I want to go into your whole, your whole backstory here too. Yeah. I, w- I won't touch on it. Yeah, in this, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just wanted to point out that like I had a lot of respect for this guy you know, I looked up to him as a producer, as a DJ, as whatever. So anyway, we met in San Francisco and then years pass. And that, and then Moombatone was kind of a thing. And I was working and we, we'd stayed in touch a little bit in between, but he, I'll let, I'll get to this, (laughs) but you know, when Moombatone started, um, I had hit him up and I sent him stuff. I was, I was like, you know, I think you'll like this stuff. Like, it's cool. It was like lots of room for rhythm and blah, blah, blah. We started working together. Turns out though, you didn't realize who I was. You thought I was someone else. I thought you were LA (laughs) right. That whole time. Uh, I was like, yeah, man, I'm out here do Elliot Rice is like, asking me for tunes and he likes them. This is tight, dude. Elliot no. Rice, bro. Uh, <laughs> but it was at that moment. And then later on, it's like, no, it's Nick from Evil Intent. And I'm like, mind blown. Like, oh my God. It's an I, accidental friendship. Yeah, like, I love, yeah. Like, and I remember when I had first heard their stuff as Evil Intent, I would like, I think it was Hive that was like, yo, Ed. You know how you're like playing like IDM? Well, check this out. And I heard uh, corrupt. So uh, what is corrupt it? Cops. Corrupt cops. And uh, where's the score? And I was like, oh, oh my god, oh my god, they did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Right? Because it it, it came out of the United States. Well, and yeah, for the the, the, the context, because I I wanted to talk about this too, kind of the early days of drum and bass in the states a little bit, because I think a lot of people listening maybe don't know the whole story of that. Uh, you know, Ed as UFO. I mean, you were kind of you were kind of one of the first preeminent U.S. drum and bass DJs, right? And then Evil Intent, which is the group you were in, Nick it was would would it be right to say was kind of the generation after that i think it was like on the coattails kind of i wouldn't say it's necessarily the next generation i guess maybe it was i see i call yeah. you guys like yeah i was doing things and then i i felt the vibe when you guys came in i was like this is the next a shift yeah. yeah yeah i guess so i guess it's safe to say that i mean it didn't feel like it at the right. time but i guess in retrospect that makes more sense i mean it's so interesting man i i'm kind of bouncing all over the place but it makes me think okay. about uh you know there's all this talk in the current generation of young u.s drum and bass djs of you know drum and bass in the u.s is having a moment there's like this community of young drum and bass kids in the States right now that are all kind of riding super hard for the genre and, and really like, you know, carrying a torch for it. But then Uh I talked to some of these kids and there isn't a ton of awareness of like all the generations before who had their, is that so I was wondering about that. Some do, some don't, but, but I feel like, I I don't know. You tell me, I feel like there is a disconnect between the current crop of us drum and bass DJs and the the elder statesman, if you will, of yes. U.S. drum and bass. Like, I feel like there's a divide there and just the two I sides think, I don't think there talk is. so I th- much. Yeah. I, I think that you could throw a lot of names of people who were really prominent members of the drum and bass community in the States. You could throw a bunch of names at people now and they probably wouldn't know a lot of them. And that's that's okay. Um, but I, I think it's safe. There probably is a bit of a disconnect there. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean, it, 
I run into people in the Bay Area and it's usually like other friends that let them know. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, even like Danny United, I remember Danny United introduced me to Sonny Skrillex and Skrillex was like, oh, okay. Like he, was, like he really was like, dude, right on. Thank you so much. Like I really, you know, everything that you've done for the scene, I was like, all right, that's, that's amazing. But I'm, I'm in such my own world that those things like just don't matter. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I'm not like, I'm not drum and bass enough for anyone that's drum and bass, you know, even I mean, I feel like me and him are just in, in a league on our own because we're just into everything. And to us, it's just like a BPM change mm-hmm. or a shift in, in the audio files. Like yeah. That's it. it isn't like we view ourselves as being in the drum right. and bass scene. I right. think, you know what I mean? I, Right. Yeah. I mean, we are, but we're not. Yeah. You know, well, and certainly active. this, I, I would imagine this new project like ET finger is, I, well, did you have like a discussion starting this new thing about like, is there a, yeah. is there a vision? Is there a mission statement? Are there parameters to the project? Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we've, we've talked about it for years, you know, even before the project started, just cause I mean, you, like you mentioned earlier, we've been working together for, like well over a decade now. And I think we always just kind of viewed ourselves as having the freedom to kind of just do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, It's just, there were some constraints, you know, with me doing bro safari and him doing UFO. I I don't know. I felt some, some restrictions were placed on me at the time, whether, you know, I placed them on myself or not. Up for debate, well, but I mean, you were part of the, the EDM sphere at that yeah. point, right? And yeah, and, right. I mean, I think also success plays into that to a certain extent, right? Where once yeah. the money's coming in, the shows are coming in, like, yeah. and I don't mean you to keep the train moving, yeah, and, and I don't mean that yeah. in a bad way. Like, that's you know, I know what yeah. you're saying, and I would agree. I, yeah, so once I took a break from Bro Safari and I walked away, and I spent a couple years away from it that's when we really had a discussion of like, you know what, maybe we should just start some, start fresh, start something new. And we won't feel this, this, this fake wall built around us. That's like holding us back. Um, I don't think he's ever felt it. So it's more, I'm speaking for myself right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really liberating. So yeah, I mean, we, as far as having like parameters, I mean, anything goes anytime, whatever we decide in that moment, like right now, I, I would say, oh, yeah, we probably wouldn't do this. We probably won't do this. But who's to say how we'll feel in six months, a year, two years? Yeah. I like just having the the freedom. The freedom, yeah. Just not really be put into one category because uh, things change, things modulate. And we've always been, we, we get excited when new things happen all the time. Like, oh, check it. Like it really is part of our how we approach music like oh that's kind of cool right there let's add some of that a little bit of that right. but you could always hear like now like there'll be like you know elements of momba and some of these drum and bass things that we're doing or elements of gurdo and some 150 like jacking juke kind of thing and 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 it's almost like funny you know what i mean it, there's even this whole three four you know thing that like we did years ago that there's still more space to, you know, to, to be discovered and figure out. But yeah, I mean, to us, the, the whole idea was like, all right, we did it all. We've done it all. Now it's time 
to be open and have no, like, let's just let the floodgates go open and let's get just things done and just see mm-hmm. where that takes us. Because at this point, it's really up to us now. Like, we have to create the future. Like, it's, we're not going to wait for anyone else anymore. Like, let's just invent it and then see how see how far it goes. And let's just see what happens. Why not? I mean, it's really interesting, so, man, that idea of kind of just iterating over and over very quickly and seeing what, ca- you know, if anything catches a spark, whether, you know, with you or with people listening to you, that kind of thing. It's a really interesting way to think about going about a new project, because I think the the common mentality, the common advice a kid would get in 2023 about starting a new project would be almost the opposite, would be almost like find the one idea and laser focus (laughs) on that. And, you know, just really like, just like a diamond refine this sort of one thing. Dominate. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Dominate the one sound. I, you know, I don't know that one is better than the other, but it's, it's really fun to think about that idea of kind of just putting it all out there and I don't know. There's a, there's a confidence to that. I like where it's, I feel like you guys know you're good at making music and you know, it's a passion and a lifelong thing. And to me, it's, it's cool that you're just putting it all out there. Cause I think there's like younger versions of you guys are like alternate uh, universe versions of you guys where a lot of that work happens in secret and people only hear tiny little bits of it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. I think when you've been making music for a long time in general, like that's literally what happens. Like when you start, it is smart to like stick to one thing and kind of call it your own. Yeah. And let's see if, let's see how long, like you're going to last. Either you're going to be a one trick pony and that's what you, that's all you do. Mm-hmm. Or you have the mentality and the capability to like think outside the box and keep pushing. I mean, I, I would say, I used to hear a lot of drum and bass people do different things, but like you'd never hear any of it. Like I remember like D bridge talking about making techno or house, but you'd never hear he was just doing like bad company stuff. Um, and then me thinking like, Hmm, like one of these days, I wonder if we're going to sit in a world where like, it's okay. And it's cool to make everything. Why? Because I think it's a super natural part of being creative and being hyper creative. And so that's where like, you know, someone like Skrillex was like dubstep. Ooh, now Momba. Whoa. He does drum and bass as well. Like, okay. That's yeah, amazing. He's doing whatever you feel he's like. doing whatever you feel I mean, like. It's, it's crazy to like consider that yeah. there's ever been a time where you, an artist can't just do what they right. want to do. It's nuts. <laughs> if you really think about it. I mean, I, I, I don't would know, like, argue really the only reason people feel like they, two things. I think the I think it's a totally fake idea that you can't do what you want to do. But I think the reason a lot of people feel that way, it's two things. One is like social media and the perception of not fitting in. Right. Like it goes back to like a high school kind of mentality of like just wanting to do wanting to be liked. And then I think the second part of it is is capitalism is is money like because if you do there's a third there's a third one I I was gonna say there's a third (laughs) one is that they want to like a lot of like a lot of people you know like dubstep is a good example because it really like just got so much more popular than anybody ever anticipated and it's still going strong and there's generate there's a new generation crop popping up all the time and they're just so ecstatic about it they don't it's not that they're 
they're scared to do other things. They just don't want to. They love, to, yeah, you know, and that's a generalization, but and that's okay, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. absolutely. I think for us, like the ET finger thing, it's a culmination of experience, right? Like Ed has his experience. I have mine. Like we're both heavy in the scene, you know, early 2000s, late 90s. We both did our thing up until this point. And now we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have this feeling that, um, of that we need to prove ourselves at any, you know what I mean? Like we've lost the ego side of it. I yeah. think that everybody's going to have involved at some point, yeah. you know, I think we've dropped a lot of that and we just, we genuinely want to have fun. And that's, you know what I'm saying? If we're working on something and it's not fun on to the next thing, it's, it's fine. And it's no big deal. And I feel like a lot of those, like, practically a lot of those lessons have to be learned over time. You can't, you can't, somebody can't just tell you, you know, Hey, don't worry about this. Just have, have a good yeah. time and do it. It doesn't make sense to somebody unless they've been through times where they weren't having fun and they had to stick to one sound. So like I said, it's like a culmination of experience. And yeah. I think that's inherently what's going to make us unique, you know? Oh, absolutely. And that's, it's, it's going to keep people guessing, hopefully, you know, like it'll keep us guessing. Like, yeah. you know, just this morning we're, we've been going through a list of songs and it, it all of a sudden we realized we have like 30 tracks <laughs> to work on because he's in town for a week. You know, we have, we literally have like 30 songs we need to finish. Right. It's just crazy. That are almost it, finished. Yeah. It's just polishing <laughs> out a couple of things. We're not overthinking yeah. it. We're not spending like weeks on a mix down. It's like, you know, get it sounding good and put it out. Who cares? Like enough's enough. Yeah. Like, let's just get it to the clubs. Let's get it to the DJs. Let's just get out there and just it's, do it. Like enough, man, it enough overthinking. Dude, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it makes me happy to hear you guys talk about it that way. Cause I think that's just personally, I've been in a similar headspace. It's, it's that place is a place I'm trying to get to too. And it's, it just feels so much better once you get there, you know, like yeah. it, it, once you get there, it's one of those things, I guess a lot of things in life are like this, but it's like one of those things where once you really get there mentally, it's sort of hard to understand how you weren't there the whole time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, a lot of it is having years off for me on my side, like to, to learn to just not care, and, you know, about the right things. Yeah. Like I just, I've, I've been able to tune out a lot of just the negativity online and, you know, things that just generally like sour your mood. Like I've slowly day by day been removing those things from my life and it made me just not care anymore about all of that stuff, which freed up so much mental yeah. space to say, well, what do I care about? Right. <laughs> and like, you know, what and, is, then, and now I'm just, I'm, yeah. I, all I'm doing every day when I get up till I go to bed is chasing something that I care about, you know? Beautiful, man. It, it and, really is. And that's it. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's time, obviously like, just time going on helps time heals all wounds, all those old cliches. Right. It's, it's definitely true, but yeah, in a way that was a silver lining of the pandemic for me too, was that forced disconnection where, you know, you couldn't even really feel bad about not being active because nobody was being active, you know? Right. And that, that in a way was, was kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. totally. Was it hard <laughs> to like, to, to leave the bro safari thing, to put it down initially. Like I have to imagine there was some, some fear, some anxiety, like not, you know, not now, but like when you sort of saw that coming to the end at the, in the first um, place. I'm, I only like chuckled just and looked at Ed just cause we've talked about yeah, this so yeah. much. Um, no, I was so ready to walk away from mm. that. If I, I'm just being yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. like I, you know, before 
before the pandemic, I was already like, I need like an extended break, not, not like a month of no gigs. Like I need real time off. Cause I was just getting so stressed out. And, you know, I'd mentioned earlier, like it's up for debate, whether I imposed a lot of this upon myself, yeah. um, the, the pressures and this, and I'm sure that I did many times, but I just wasn't into, it. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't into the music very much. Like I was playing sets that I wasn't playing my own music by, by the end, you know, like I wasn't playing pro safari songs. I was just playing a bunch of other people's stuff. And I'm like, I am literally just a DJ at this point, right. but that's not me. Like, you know, you can't see the whole room, but I've got, you know, pianos, drums, guitars. Like I, I need to do more. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so, you know, leading up to the pandemic, I had said, you know, once this, once this tour is over that I was doing with Ed at the time, like I'm going to take a break for a long time. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, all right, well, this is good. And then a year went by and I was like, shit, I haven't really said anything, done anything. I don't have any plans on doing anything. And another year went by and I was like, this, like, I'm just, I don't want to go back yeah. to it. And now at this point, um, I don't want to say that the door is closed because I do feel a lot better. And I feel like as time goes on, I'll, I'll care even less about what I'm supposed to do as bro safari. Right. Um, but I don't, I'd rather just work with Ed, you know, like that's, I, I'm a collaborative type of person. Um, I've always been like, I, when I was in high school, I played in bands when I was in evil intent, there was three of us. Uh, I did Ludacrist with kill the noise. You know, he and I have worked together when I was bro safari, but my output as a solo artist was always pretty low. And it's not that I can't do it. It's just that I don't enjoy the process of conceptualizing, writing, mixing, engineering. I don't like doing all that by myself. It's not much fun. Yeah. So, you know, when it just, the light bulb moment was like, why don't I just do something with Ed? And I hit him up and I asked like, would you want to do like a project? Like, yes, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Because I, you know, I didn't have to think twice on my end. Like it's a, it's 50. Like I don't even work literally. hard. I don't, yeah. we don't. It's just like, I just move a couple of things and he's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, <laughs> my day's done. I can't believe it. That's going to, that's yeah. it. And our stuff sound like us together. We like we sound unique and separated. We sound like, you know, like E.T. Finger does sound like a totally different creature than us by ourselves. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. And it's really, there's a huge, how do I say, like a nonchalance involved. It's just like, it's not hard work. It's literally like, wow. Because usually he'll send me a file and I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm supposed to do something over this. This is already good. <laughs> and that's how I feel about what right. he sends me stuff though. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> so, that's the best. I, I mean, know. that's so like to, to, to like pull these threads together. We were talking earlier about getting back to like a childlike place. And that's why all of us got into this in the first place. Right. It was, it was just having fun with your friends and you thought this shit was cool and you got right. excited about it together. And that's really at the very start. That's what it was for all of us. I think like one other thing though, that I, that I, just thought of is, you know, when I was a bit younger and working in, in, you know, groups of people, it almost became competitive, right? It's like, Oh, like who's going to learn how to make the sickest Reese bend or like chop the sickest vocal yeah. edit or it was healthy competition, but that like doesn't exist in our working relationship. There's zero, like, I want to outdo him. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing like that. It's, it's all it's about literally, complimentary. It's literally yeah. all about, it's like, it's exactly. literally, 
filling in the pockets right. that yeah. he didn't fill. Like Ed, Ed could make a song, a, a demo, and send it to me for Easy Finger and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And I might listen to it and be like, what am I going to do to that? You know, like, I, I, this is perfect. It's done. And he might say, all right, we'll just like do a couple things. And I will be like, okay, fine. Like, if that's what you want, I'll do what I can. And the same in reverse. Like, there's never any expectation of like, okay, like Ed's going to handle this and I'm going to handle this. Like, and it probably used to somewhat be like that. Like during when I was doing Bro Safari more, because like I would start an idea, I'd send it to you, you'd take it to outer space. Oh, yeah. And I take it back and I just kind of like simplify it and mix it down and we put it up. I've gotten better at just doing less, which is way more effective because it, you, you, I, when working with him, I never took in consideration the stage or like the huge sound system. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, um, a friend of mine was opening up for Muse and I remember he opened up and his stuff was just messy. And then Muse came on and I was like, Oh, right. Less really translates more when you're sitting in a huge rig, like a, like a, like just a stadium. So with Nick and like, I do the more we'd work, the more or less I would have to do. And thinking of a huge sound system be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. There's parts that could be crazy, but there's parts that need to just be understandable. The mathematics needs to be almost one plus one equals two. Boom. I get it. We get it. Yes, you get it. Yes, we get it. One plus one <laughs> equals two. One plus because it's simple, right? Yeah. And then there's and then there's these areas where then you hit them with, you know, quantum physics, and then you bring them back to like understanding that the sun goes up and the sun goes down and the moon then, you know, is there. It's like a like a communication, uh, uh, like an understanding of, of like simple rhythm. Yeah. Now there's ways of tricking people into doing that. And I think that's how, what I've been really good at is like doing simple things and then adding something where like you thought the one was there and then it's not. And then you kind of end up like, Oh, whoa, wow. Like I was actually standing upside down the whole time. I didn't get it. Wow. That was fun. <laughs> Let's do that again. You know? And I think to, uh, in general, I, I feel like, that's what music should be is just something playful that like people remember that people can always like go back to in their life and go, wow, what an amazing time. That's what music is. And that's where I'm, I'm at the age now where I'm understanding that that's kind of what music really is. It's like this amazing, it, it, you making music like that allows you to create this time machine, like this time warp that everyone can go back to and go, oh man, what an amazing time in my life. Like, that's really cool. Usually those are the tracks that like stand out, the ones with good melody and things that really kind of uh, play for within the time of what people can, you know, can take yeah. in. Kind of do you thing. have, do you guys have uh, songs like that from when you were younger? Does it do any pop to mind of like just a, a song that really defined a, an era or a moment of your life or just a song you think about all the time? Yeah, I mean, songs that we made or songs that he made. Uh, I meant even or, earlier than that, like songs that you heard from somebody else that kind of blew your head off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. So <laughs> I was talking about this to Ed last night when I think it was like 1998, Atlanta, uh, Nike Pavilion, and it was DJ Dara. And I just really gotten into drum and bass and I heard him play Future Cut Ghetto Style. Nice. And I have this framed because this was an evil intent remix that we eventually did. And I only had the moment of clarity of how much the moment meant to me when I heard the original of a uh, ghetto style. 
Um, what was the other? Do you remember the other track of theirs that was just as big? Anyway, like I that moment hearing that song and that it absolutely like that I can trace it back now that that was the moment where I just went full steam ahead and I was like, this is what I want to do. And then I started started learning how to produce. And then ultimately, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we we had that full moment. Circle. Um yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, we were just talking about it no, last that's night. Crazy. Yeah. So what, what a cool <laughs> moment, man. I, uh, yeah, Dara, I, I barely, barely know Dara at all, but randomly, uh, we sat next to each other at like seven in the morning in the Milwaukee airport once. And we didn't know each other. We weren't playing a show together. We just ended up sitting next to each other and having, you know, one of those like cracked out 7 a.m. flight conversations. And (laughs) that's pretty much the only real interaction I've had with Dara. And we, you know, since then, I think of him very fondly. (laughs) It was like a really nice interaction. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Well, Ed, do you, what's your what's your musical background? Because the way you think about music and creating music is really interesting. I think it's unique. Uh, Are you trained in anything? Like as a kid, did you take no. lessons? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm like a DJ. Like that's what I am. That's what I started as, and I knew that when I became a DJ. Um, but then, because I grew up in the early '90s in San Francisco, like being a DJ was almost like, well, if you're a DJ, you gotta, you gotta know how to scratch. And so then I started to then reach out to people like Cuber and Mixmaster Mike and then shortcut. And that's kind of where I came from. So a lot of the, the reason why I even like was attracted to jungle music is because I heard all the patterns that you'd hear from the kick and snare combination is the same thing I was doing with the mixer and the record records. Yeah. 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 Just scratching. And so that kind of almost, I don't have any background. The the most background I had is, um, here's a little story. Um, so I used to skate (laughs) (laughs) and I remember, um, my dad was a carpenter and a hardcore carpenter. He like fixed almost every Victorian house in San Francisco. And I was like, Hey, Poppy, can you help us like build a ramp? He's like a ramp for what? I was like, well, it's uh, something that we use to launch ourselves into the air. He's like, well, how high do you want it? I'm like, well, I don't know. At least like way size. Like you're literally going to ride your skateboard off of that. And then what you just <laughs> fall? Like, no, no, we land on a skateboard. It's like, I have to see this. <laughs> right. So I then, you know, we built the ramp and he, you know, he basically, we put it out on the street and I'm like, all right, Ed, you made it, ride it. And I wrote it and I flew off and I landed and I did it like 10 times. And my dad said, that's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. Like I literally saw what is happening here. I'm done raising. I'm done. I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do. And like, what's that? And he left. Then he came back with a huge Yamaha truck and out came this organ, this organ with like a bossa Nova beat and a little pop rock beat. And this thing gets brought upstairs and he rolls in and he plugs it in. He goes, I've always wanted to be a musician. And he just goes. (laughs) And we're like, you sound like junkie. We'd laugh and we start throwing things at him. But he just sit there like he was like Liberace, just loving his moment. (laughs) And, And me thinking like, 
this is like a hardcore, like blue collar working dude. Like now he's, he's going Liberace on us. Like what the hell's going on? But watching him go from one thing to another and listening him trying to figure out music, then we would be like, Hey, he's not here. Let's try playing with this thing. And that was the beginning of me. But also, you know, I came from, you know, drone generation, like Beastie Boys and, and Run DMC. So the 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 foot pedals were all the low end keys. And right. so he'd be like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and, you know, by just being really excited about and at one point, hip hop and skateboarding were like totally clashing. So it was like Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, Run DMC, and then like everything that's punk rock and skateboarding. So that initial, like, I think adrenaline of skating and music happening at the same time was really the influence. But it wasn't until then later, NWA was like predominant in Mac Dre and like Ice Cube. And that was the beginning of like, oh, it's all about just thugging out. And that in itself then got me into DJing and then from DJing, then I went into battling and then from battling was literally um, moving to Costa Rica and then having to then accept that the world was bigger than just the Bay Area, that there were groups like Depeche Mode and Black Box and New Order, you know, things that in my world were like, oh, that's a whole other side of music that I don't relate to. And I realized like, oh no, like people react to this. And if I want to be a DJ for the rest of my life, I have to understand music. Also at the same time, I was like DJing for sound systems in Costa Rica. They were playing merengue, soca, cumbia, reggae, rancheras, uh, top 40 American, top 40 European, top 40 Latin. And so then all these, this whole mixture of music happening the whole night really shaped me as being able to understand like, you know, syncopated beats and different rhythms, you know, and even like I saw like the beginnings of reggaeton happening, like in Costa Rica and Panama, when that's when it was like, Ooh, reggae in Espanol, right. you know what I mean? Like dance hall beats with like, you know, uh, so really I don't have any, like I was never really taught anything. My dad didn't really think much of me. He just thought I was like a brute destructive kid, <laughs> but in general, by having him around and being, uh, around so much music and so much culture in the Bay area. And, and also the freedom that I think the Bay area tends to kind of like portray and execute or whatever it is. I, yeah, it's just, I, I probably had it in my DNA already. You know, I, I, I mean, I wish I had probably parents that would probably would give me a guitar. Cause that's where I feel like Nick, balances me out because he's so good at like yeah, music and he's like yeah. he yeah he just get like his melodies to me like i always go like wow what like what a bock like <laughs> <laughs> it's true though and so i understand rhythm really good but when it comes to melodies it's pretty simple like i'm pretty much like abc one two three you know what i mean like it he's just doing cool stuff so yeah no, not really any um any schooling, just kind of a, a, a love for it. Yeah. And, you know, these are natural. <laughs> well, wait, when did you, how old were you when you moved to Costa Rica? Because Costa Rica is where your dad is from, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like 15. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's right in the heart of those formative years. Yeah. That must've been a crazy world shifting event for you at that time. Yeah. I was, I was bummed out. I was like, I, are you kidding me? Like I have to move to a third world country. You know what I mean? Like I had to stop skating cause the road sucked, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, okay, I have to figure something out. And so I remember my dad being like, look, don't get so bummed out. Like you're actually an American. Like there's like, there's value to that. Like the fact that you have an American passport allows you to do a lot of things in this country. Like think about what you want to do. Like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to DJ. He's like, you want to DJ on the radio? I'm like, yeah, I want to DJ on the radio. I was like, all right, let's go to the radio station. I'm like, all right, pack the car up, put the records in there, (laughs) put the turntables in there. Let's go to the radio station. And I remember just going up there with my Timberlands and my, uh, and my, uh, what was it? Uh, Anyway, just like early 90s gear, I look like probably third base or something like that, (laughs) right? I just went up there and just slapped the passport like, you know, on the window. And they're like, you know, what the hell is this? You know, I'm American. I came here to DJ. And they all laughed at me. I said, gringo, loco, curious. You know, I said, no, nah. you know, and they're like, well, what's the deal? My dad's all, look, look, just listen to him. Listen to him. He's really good. He's really good. He's United States. And they're like, all right. Go to the back, plug everything in. Let's hear this guy. And then I just did like this crazy routine with graffiti all over the record. And the guys all come back at five o'clock and we'll, it will interview you and see like, see, you know, this is interesting. Wow. And so then I got interviewed that day and then a club call up like, yeah, we need a gringo over here. That'd be great. <laughs> like tell him to come to come to the club and, you know, and, and do his routine down here. And then I did my routine and they all laughed at me. They're like, you're crazy. Like you don't even mix. You just like, you're doing this, the, the 1980s thing of scratching. Like, yeah, no, but it's, but you're really good at it. And like, you know what? We need to teach you how to mix. And they gave me two disco records and they're like, mix this for about a month. And when you can mix these disco records, then you're ready to mix in the club. And after that, once I dominated the club, some guy came in and is like, hey, we should get him and on the sound system and travel him all over Costa Rica playing at like the banana factories and the, you know, the Levi's factories for all these people as like this show. And that's where I just literally began like one not being scared of performing yeah like to me performing is like i I don't even i don't get scared at all i was i was literally pushed into it like by age 16 i had to deal with like you know hundreds of people already so it was like uh you know it's always a pleasure yeah when it sounds like you were almost touring at 16 like in a in a local way yeah every like from like thursday to like sunday you know, and you do these crazy drives that would be like eight, eight hour drives through like mountains, through jungle, like, you know, driving over like huge cliffs oh, yeah. and just, you know what I mean? Like, and driving in moments where it's like the sun's coming down and the weather is so beautiful. I remember one time the weather was so intense, but so warm that the windshield cracked. It was just, um, just crazy <laughs> things, you know, like Wild. seeing animals I've never seen before playing for, for people that look super indigenous that were, you know, that had no knowledge of me and I had no knowledge of well, them. Yeah, what, you was, know? what was that show like? I mean, you just show up with a sound system at, you know, what, like, like you said, a, a banana factory or just some kind of random remote place. What, yeah. How does it go from there? What is that show? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, 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 you'd plug in the amps and you'd then, <laughs> they didn't have like, proper electricity we had to go to the breakers outside 
like on top where the electricity was at and climb that and, and pop <laughs> oh, open man. and like just jack the electricity from, you know, f- from the breakers outside. Yeah, from the grid. And then, you know, everything gets plugged in. I remember the mixer wasn't even like a proper mixer. It was like a, 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 a knob mixer, like a just straight up house DJ mixer. Yeah. And I had to scratch with that, like scratching with the knob. With right the knob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to do real simple scratch style stuff. And, you know, I was basically like the middle of the night, like, okay, cool. Open up with express yourself, NWA, go into like third base and then play like, you know, some like, you know, black box or vanilla ice, you know, the closest thing that they would understand what rap was. And, it was like the big rap act. It, it, um, yeah, you, just, you know, you just just do like a crazy one hour routine and just have everyone just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Uh, and a lot of the people would be like, that guy's satanic, you know, because the, the idea of like something new is like, is it satanic? Is it satanic or super hick? Yeah, uh, ways of thinking, and you know, they anything modern was like just like the radio and kind of like the TV, and then what they thought that was. So, but that made me understand the power of being American, like the, the advantage, not the power, the advantage that I had when thinking, okay, wow, if I can do this here, like I need to go back to the United States and and try to do it more than just like DJing, you know, for like a battle or whatever, and then that's where. Right when I moved back into San Francisco is when the rave scene was like at its And peak. when was that for that you? Was, How old were you? Um, it was probably like 1993. So I was probably like 16, okay. 17 or something like that. And that's where I started to hear like jungle music. And I started to hear like, oh, whoa, wow. There's a little bit of dance hall in there. There's a little bit of like percussive stuff that's like kind of like merengue. And there's this futuristic edge that's not like hip hop cartoonish, but like it's really like Star Wars or or like Blade Runner or something. And I like the idea that like everything sounded like the end of the world and you were just trapped in a ship, <laughs> you know, like T-99, you know, yeah. or James Brown is dead. Uh, 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 you know, it's something just so chaotic. I was like, what? All right, well, yeah, let's do well, this. What's interesting and, to me, hearing you describe what drum and bass sounded like to you never having heard it before, which I think that's a good description of what it sounds like to someone who's never heard it. it it's kind of, I felt a similar way listening to your guys' E.T. Finger EP. Like really? I was listening, yeah, I was listening earlier today and it, it was like, it was interesting because it was influences I recognized and certainly references to certain sounds or styles or eras, but put together in a way that I hadn't heard before that was, yeah, it, w- it was very refreshing. And I think a similar way to what you're talking about, Ed, because I mean, I, I wrote down sort of what I was hearing. And I mean, I wrote down obviously like drum and bass, but then, you know, some glitch, some IDM, some kind of older, like just 90s electronica stuff. Like right. breaks. Yeah, yeah I, I even I wrote down backpack hip hop, kind of the way some of the samples <laughs> yeah. were being used reminded me of like old, you know, kind yeah. of mid two thousands, like RJD two esque kind of stuff, blockhead esque. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and then soundtracks too. Like there's a there's a cinematic element to it. As we always do. <laughs> yeah, I mean we that's that's actually really dope. That list yeah. you just named off. Like, I mean, that's all really accurate. Okay, and obviously we didn't like think about it going into it. Like we kind of just did, but 
that's, I think it just goes to show that when you just kind of just create and don't worry about it, like your influences are going to shine through and it's going to become your own thing. And I, that's, I think that's what we're ultimately hoping for with this is we get, you know, people recognize that like, we're just creating, we're not trying to do anything in particular. So that's why every release might sound different from the last one. I mean, do you guys look Um, at, you know, just talking about being free creatively, do you feel like you're a part of any scene? I, I'm getting the sense you don't necessarily care where this project fits in exactly. Um, but like, do you feel like you're a part of any scene? Do you do you look at other people creating? Like, I, I guess maybe an easier way to ask this is like, who are you a fan of yeah. in a similar creative vein? <sighs> I don't think we're in a scene yet. I think we could fall into I, you know, I see a lot of really cool stuff happening right now. Um, younger people like in the UK in particular, just make like, just, I feel like bass music as a whole is in a good place. Yeah. I think people are taking risks. They're, they're making weird stuff, which we are all about. Um, there's a lot of drum and bass influence. And like you said earlier, I think maybe a lot of them don't even realize like how far back it goes and, who they're sampling sometimes right. like, you know, but, um, I think that's great. You know, I mean, if, if, if we were to drop some names, like we were like, even last night we're, you know, cause we're, we're, we're working on finishing some songs. So we need some references, reference points for mix downs. You know, we want our stuff to compete. So we were like tossing like fracture Sully. Um, I mean, start throwing names out there. Tim People, Reaper. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. a lot great. of the stuff, it's a lot of like, the jungle stuff, but then I also, there's also this element where like, Oh, this is very Lauren. I like Lauren. Oh, this is very burial. It's right. they, like, we've, you know, this is very, um, boards of Canada. Um, yeah. you know Apex what I mean? Twin, Apex Canada. twin boards of Canada. Tech itch. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we can jump all over his head. You yeah. know what I mean? Like anything that's just, uh, it's, yeah. You know, Man. Ohio players sometimes, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to mention, you know, we, we actually, we have a, uh, an ambient album done. I mean, it's re- we just need to master it, but the songs, like we have this, this full, like 10, eight song ambient record. That's really beautiful and cinematic. I only brought up cause you said cinematic right. in the uh, reference points, but like we have it done. We just, we're not sure what to, to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we would like to be able to release it as ET finger, but it would also be a little weird to follow up what you were just talking about this first EP with, eight songs with no drums. <laughs> there is an, I- yeah. there is an idea behind it though. It's, uh, the idea, I don't know, should we tell them the idea behind it's almost like this, it, it sounds like it was music for a film, mm. but the film like was lost. And the only thing that was left is you turn on the film and there's no film, but there's music happening right. and there's slight dialogue happening. And it's more like, uh, uh, like a soundtrack to a lost film to a lost film kind of like Blade Runner without, yeah like Blade Runner ish but without not sounding like Van Gelis. right but really there's just like a little bit of dialogue here and there and the whole idea was like this just sounds like a, just sounds like a movie we're listening to a movie happening but the video's gone it, it went missing <laughs> right 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 I mean dude I think there's Again, like conventional wisdom, what people are taught in 2023, people just starting off is, you know, oh, you have to be so focused with your projects. It has to, everything has to fit. But I mean, I think about some of my favorite artists are the ones who never did that. I mean, if you look at like an act like, uh, like Mr. Bungle or something, 
you know, sure. every album could not be more different from each other. Right. And, right. and it's fine. And people dig it, you know, like, I think it's, to me, it's more about sort of just establishing what it's going to be from the start, you know? And if that's a good point, if that's, so maybe we should just drop this ambient album, like just throw it up there on Bandcamp. Yeah. Like, right, after we release <laughs> probably a good amount of just, yeah, we just want to put out a couple yeah, things no, of course. to kind of lay the foundation. I mean, you know, he's out here visiting right now just so we can, like I said, just make a bunch of songs or finish a bunch of songs, which are almost done and, and start getting them to DJs. Like we want, you know, we we want to be a part of of the culture. We don't need to be in a scene in particular, but you know, our sound I think will ultimately lend itself to clubs more than festivals. You know, like right. we I can see us playing small rooms, all sorts of styles in our sets. You know, changing it up every night, whatever we're feeling at the moment, more so than playing on big stages. But I also see a version of ourselves that does exist on a big bigger stage. You know, where we can bring in our influences and kind of push them out there on people without hitting them over the head. Yeah. 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 I know exactly um, what you so, mean. So, you know, I, I know we're just kind of, have you, have you guys we talked have, to, we're excited. Yeah, man. We're really and you excited. can hear it through the music really, too. Like that. I, I do feel like that sort of free spirit runs through the whole project. It, it's, it gets better. <laughs> it really gets better. I like after listening to that and listening to the stuff today, I'm like, Whew. yeah, yeah. The new like, stuff is the really new stuff cool. is just, <laughs> it's really, it's, cool. it's even funner and, weirder but playful it's like the same thing but like different and so I, i'm we're just like how how fast can we release these yeah. without like you know tripping people right of course of course <laughs> yeah and it's all you know yeah. all that kind of stuff is is a headache that's always the i think you're doing it the right way though is just make it when it's exciting make a lot of it while it's fun and then you know you can figure mm-hmm. out what to do with it after that yep. point have you talked to, do you guys know the glitch mob guys? Have you talked to them? Yeah, I know. Ed. Yeah, yeah. I was just hanging out with them I, what, like yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So I, was, I was just talking to, to Ed and uh, I saw the, the interview oh, too. Yeah. I was like, totally. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And that was just a great, what you were just combo. saying, Nick, it, it struck a lot of the same chords they were talking about of, you know, the yep. glitch mob had kind of become this festival act and then they wanted to make this new record, which is way more underground and kind of back to their drum and bass roots a little bit. It. And I love the new record, but then hearing them, you can hear the inspiration oh, in that record. Yeah, that's they another one. A, you yeah. can tell how much fun they're having. And then I was talking yeah. to them about taking it on tour, and they were like, "Yeah, actually, making it smaller and darker and more underground mm. again was perfect." They were like, "This is exactly what we needed. Yeah. It was so much fun." Like, I think there's there's a certain energy to that of like n- not it's different. Yeah, and like the appropriate <laughs> the appropriate setting and presentation for the appropriate project, right? Like it doesn't yeah, all have to be time. on the same stage. It doesn't all have to be presented the same way. Yeah. And they were always known for bringing a great tour on the road, you know, oh, their live over the last, crazy. you know, yeah. Yeah. Their live shows have always been crazy. So that's, that's actually really cool and, and not surprising to hear. Cause I mean, they're, they're from the same generation we are, you know, like when, when we were doing evil intent, they had, they were doing all sorts of cool stuff in LA. Yeah. I've always been a big fan. I mean, even before they started glitch mob, when it was just edit oh, Ua, and Beretta and they were doing, what was the night in LA? I'm drawing a blank. Um, well, low end theory. Yeah. But before that it yeah. was a uh, concrete jungle. Yeah. He used to do the yeah, back yeah. room at concrete jungle 
um, when we would play like the drum and bass for edit. Yeah. yeah. I, what was the, he had an album. I was like crying over pros for no reason. I think I, I, I don't remember the name. It of was it. like, I think it was that it's like jazzy, but like, Oh, I, just glitchy. So amazing, yeah. Cool. Yeah. We used, Really love that. Yeah, I brought that on early tour. Evil Intent days. I would play all that stuff on tour when I'd go uh, on tour with Chad Muska. He invited me to go on tour, and I used to play all the edit stuff because yeah. you can go into hip hop and you can go into like rock. So wait, you would, would you be DJing, and then it's like a skate show happening at the same yeah. time? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, That's yeah. Great. And the edits music was a big part of like that swag, that like weird glitchy you know, thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I mean, obviously good. like hip hop DJing and is so tied to skate culture, you know, some punk music is so tied to skate culture and there's definitely a new generation of DJs that have kind of gotten into skating in a similar way. And I think the music they're making, they tie it together that way too. But yeah, like like Coco Bryce, you know what I mean? He skates and makes jungle. And there's a, a gang of kids like a, even in the Bay Area or down south where it's like they skate and they and they make and listen to jungle. They used to make hip hop on right. NPCs and now they just bang out little amens, you know, with like hip hop. Well, and even and for, stuff. you know, the, the a lot of the younger kids doing like trap and bass music now, like all the the SD water boys like ISO XO and knock Two and all them. Yeah, he, all they do is skate and make trap music, and it's you know it's it's kind of it's amazing so, that like skating in particular has sort of always tied into to DJing in a weird way. Like I, it's yeah. it's not any other sport; it's just skating, kind of. Yeah, it's true. I, I never yeah, noticed yeah. that. I don't yeah. know why that is exactly. I mean, I think I, I was never a skater, but I've talked to enough people who have that background where I think there is a connection between it's really hard to do and it, you have to practice it a ton to be able to do anything at all, which is similar to production. And, you know, I think there's like a similar sure. obsession with DJing and with skating of just like, you know, whether it's record, like crate digging or finding the perfect sample or tuning the perfect snare or executing the perfect trick. Like, I think there is. I mean, I feel like it's also just like the correlation of like just doing cool shit. Yes. Or street on street, street on street. Right. Yeah. So you, you, you live on the street and then you listen and make things for the street that influence yeah. the street. I mean, it, I remember when I'd get zines uh, from New York that like there is punk kids DJing at parties. And I was like, what, what that's happening now? Like, that's so cool. But it made total, it made total sense. You know, it's like, yeah, they're all playing Wu-Tang and they're all playing like, just like New York stuff. And they're, they actually are hoodies. You know what I mean? They're like real badass kids that just got into skateboarding. And now it's not like this California, like dude thing. It's really like now everyone's doing it. And from all different levels from, you know, rich kids, to mid kids, the super broke ass kids, good you point. know, it's like, this thing that got, you know, to me, the skate park is a great place where I go to remember that what I do is nothing hard compared to like what they have to do because they have to like match up speed, inertia. And then they have to like psychologically tell themselves, I have to do something that might kill me, but I have to do <laughs> it. Right. And so when you think of that, you're like, yeah, I'm going back to the studio. I'm going to really like kind of rip it on myself. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're like, well, I'm not risking my life here, so I might as well try a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny, man. <laughs> well, man, I mean, 
there's so much. I feel like we could keep talking forever. I don't want to keep you guys all day. I want to let you get back to work. But, you know, as far as like E.T. Finger already, it's, you know, you guys have a ton more music. You have an ambient album. You're working on a bunch more stuff. Is there <laughs> like is there like a short term vision for what you want to do next? Like, is it just making a bunch of cool shit and putting um, it out there? Well, yeah, I, I, mean, I kind of touched on it in that, you know, finish music and get it to DJs that we want, you know, that we want to associate with. Because, um, I mean, ultimately, that's what needs to be done. Uh, we, we, we released this EP on our new label, but we haven't been promoting the label yet just because we felt like it'd be a little confusing. Like, here's our new project. Here's a label. Yeah. Check out here, follow here, 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 yeah, here. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's more, it's easier to just kind of just focus on the ET finger thing. And then over time, you know, start pushing the label, but the label is a big part of the vision, I think, um, because we want to bring people in and we want to prop people up and not only new people, which we want to focus on, but even peers of ours who don't go outside of the box because they're very comfortable where they are and saying, Hey, like this is a place for you to spread your wings and just kind of make whatever you want. So anyway, the label, um, big part and doing shows. Um, but I, we're trying to just let it happen organically. You know, we've truth be told, we've had some loose offers starting to come in for shows, but we're weighing, you know, like what, what is it? We, you yeah. know, do we want to do this type of show? Do we want to do this type of show? And like I mentioned, we, we really see ourselves as like more of a club, kind of act but we, we don't want to limit ourselves either so i think short term it's just finish music get it out and make and continuously work on new music and keep it fresh um here i'll sh like this is just from today probably can't oh yeah see no it, I, I see a long that, list yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that that's just from this morning and we're leaving some out so like that's what we'll be up to short term for the next yeah. week it's just like all right what are we cutting from here? What are we finishing? Like, let's, let's set a schedule, you know, let's try to keep this as like, keep, you know, keep this like a well-oiled machine where it's like, we get into a groove and it's like, all right, we do, do the shows we want to do. We release the tunes we want to release. We work with people we want to work with and just have fun and just keep it fun. And the minute that it's, it's not fun, like we take a step back and say like, what, what is it that caused this to not be fun? Let's just never do <laughs> <Right>. that again. <laughs> yeah. Like get it out of here. Or take a break. Or yeah, take a break. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah, yeah, you know, not, not take it so seriously. Don't overthink it. Just execute, go yeah. do it, do it, do yeah. it, do it. Wake up the next day, do it again. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I mean, that, that that's, yeah. I hope some people listening can take something from that. Cause that really is, if there's a secret to like, enjoying your life as a creative a lot of it is what you just said i think yeah i mean at the end of the day it comes down to the music uh if you're a musician right like i I've, i i firmly believe that good music always makes its way to the top and it, it you know it always comes through if it's really yeah. good i mean i think a good example of that is space laces because you know for years he was just bubbling under the radar and he because he refused to release stuff he just wouldn't do it i remember like way yeah. back way before he started getting like really popular and now he's huge and i'm so happy because he's probably the best producer on the planet like one yeah, up right up literally there. but you know what i mean yeah. like yeah when the timing is right you know just you hop on it and you go yeah man absolutely and and he did it his way you know like that's exactly yeah. so i'm saying and he's he's just he's confident you know that that, that goes a long way in, in what we do is like being confident in what you do it's, that's things i've lacked at certain certain times of my 
career. Oh, sure. And I like, I lack confidence. So, so to feel that confidence is back. Like I know that we make good shit and I I don't expect everybody to like it. And I don't care who does, you know, it's like having all of those things in place at the same time feels really good. Well, can I ask you, Nick, you know, that the open letter you posted at the end of, or like after coming back to the world, like bro safari ended, and then you were sort of publicly offline for a while, you came back, you posted this, this long, really beautifully written letter about everything you'd been thinking about and going through and et cetera, and coming back to like sort of a public life as a musician. And, you know, you mentioned obviously like things like therapy and uh, substance abuse at certain points in bro safari and all that. Uh, My only question about all of that is, Going through all of that, arriving at the point you're at now, did did any of that change who you are as a creative or the way you think about creating stuff? Well, yes, for sure. I don't know how to pinpoint yeah. it exactly. But um, again, confidence, right? I, when you're when you're at your low lower points, you don't have much of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know you have to work to get out of those moments, like therapy and things like that. Like that's what I needed to do, and it really helps me a lot. Um, it I think I even mentioned earlier, you, know, you you free up space in your head when you get rid of things that don't matter. When you stop caring about this and that, like you open up a little extra hard drive space in your mind to to dedicate towards things you actually care about. And, you know, I've, like I said, I think waking up every day and going for it is something that I've, I've never really, or not never, but it's been a long time since I've done that when it comes to music. Yeah. Um, when I started Bro Safari, you know, it's every single day, 14 hours a day, 16 hours. Like I just wake up at 7am, make coffee, start working, go to bed late at night, do the, you know, and, and I'm back in that, that right now. Are you enjoying and, it more this time yeah. around? Yeah, because I, I feel like I'm just breaking through as a as a as an engineer and mix and when it comes to mixing and things like that. Mm. Like I hit a wall during Bro Safari where I was like, "Damn, I, I, I just I didn't want to learn anymore. I, just, I I didn't have the drive to like figure. All right, well, how am I going to get my songs to sound louder now? Everybody's so loud. <laughs> it's just like, all right, well, I fuck it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make it how I want to make it. Like instead of you know humbling myself and saying, well, you know, why don't you just learn how to make it? louder like you can do it right. you like i like all this stuff so why not try i got lazy mm. um i needed it i needed to get lazy though right, <laughs> like right, in right. retrospect it's like well, you i were working hard you were yeah i was i was really stuff. you were like getting just crushed by the dates and the flights and the waking up early yeah you know being, being that like you know i was kind of an anxious person in the first place and i'm very you know nitpicky about things like it just i don't know it just wore me down heavily so anyway yeah like all of that happening was absolutely necessary to get me to a point where I just found myself in the same place that I started. Right. <laughs> which is, you know, just, and when I say that, I don't mean like where I started with Bro Safari or Evil Intent, but like when I was a kid where I was just, I had a guitar and a piece of paper and I would just write down little ideas and play them on guitar and then write, you know, and that's how I feel now is, but I'm just, yeah, I still play the guitars. I still do. Like, I just kind of just create. Yeah, I t- I try to take a page from Ed's book. Honestly, yeah, just kind you know, of. There's just yeah. completely. It's 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 a form of therapy. Like you have to do it. If I don't, when I don't work on music for a while, things get dark. Things yeah, get things up. get dark. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. yeah. If, you're not, if you don't have music in general, if you don't have music in your life as a 
I think to certain people, there's a, there's a, like a peak moment where music is a big part of your life. But also when you're not, if you make it and you're not making it and you're not surrounded by it, it's like you're, you've somewhat derailed your ability to just flow through life. And when music is around, things are just a lot easier. You can cling on to the, to, to the good things and the bad things in life and just being like, this is just life. And I'm, and I'm running through it right now. Like I feel like I I'm connected to something. Um, and when you don't have music, then things just get stale. And then, you know, there are other things that are like taking up, you know, your attention, you know, and now we have cell phones and information and all that just like clogs up your mind. And if you don't have music to just kind of not focus, it's almost like take time to Zen out on something that has nothing to do with nothing, but you understanding yourself in this thing called life. Yeah, well, I mean, you just said it again. And I you said something at the beginning that was like that, that I'm still thinking about where you said I, I make music to something like I make music to deal with myself, which, you know, I've, I've of course, like I think everybody we've heard that like music is therapy kind of idea before, but I had never heard it that way of like, actually, this is how I sort myself out, you know? Yeah. It's like, it, it's not even, it's like the, inform, it's like something that's coming out of your subconscious. Like one day I had a dream where I was thrown into, uh, oh, I was trying to take a train back home, but I had to climb like 700 feet. And in one of those climbs, like I was literally almost falling and I couldn't grip. And I basically just like let go. And I was like, all right, I've been here before, just fly. And then I flew. And then, then I fell asleep on the flight going to Austin. And when I opened my eyes, I literally saw the same land that I was looking at in my dream. And that made me think, man, your subconscious really knows everything. You are like your own uh, fortune teller. You just don't have the ability to like get it. So when you're making music, you're almost like defragging your hard drive, <laughs> right? Like that, yeah. You're like cleaning, you're organizing everything. You're running a Norton thing on it. And I think when you listen to music, that's why people always say, man, this song saved my life or this album saved my life. Because they're, they're just constantly just trying to clean the hard drive from all the madness that they were encountering or whatever, you know, PTSD that was kind of occurring. I, to me, I, I'm a firm believer that I think everyone on earth should be making music. I think everyone should have a moment where it, whatever it is that they should just do their own thing that really stops time and, and, and makes you really just focus on that little thing. And I think that's um, it, that part of the brain. Instead of going crazy and being analytical and being almost like I think people that tend to suffer a lot from like maybe um, that are anxious, I think making music will take care of that. That anxiousness just gets smoothed out. And when you're done, you're like, I feel good. And for no fucking reason, <laughs> like, I feel great. You know why? I don't know. I was just playing things. I was maybe harmonizing with the way that I feel, you know? And I think when people listen to music, they're like, oh my God, this song is literally the way that I feel. I'm now relating yeah. to it. And we're having a, a, a conversation that's not language. I, that, that makes a lot of sense too. Cause I, I had a moment like that the other day I was listening to old Aphex twin, like some of his ambient stuff. Um, 
it's a stone in focus. And I, it really genuinely sounds like a feeling. Mm. Yeah. And there's something to that. Like, how is that possible? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's definitely been, there's a ton of music that I can think of for me personally, where I listen to it and all of a sudden, yeah, you're not thinking anymore. You're just feeling. And it's definitely, I mean, yeah, throughout my life, there's been pieces of music that would help me connect to something I was going through more deeply right. or think about something in a different way. And even now those, those same songs will help you time travel yeah. back to a prior feeling. So absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty beautiful. It is. Yeah. Think about it. it is. Yeah. It's no, I feel more and more these days, I guess this is just getting older too, but like, yeah, I, I, a lot of gratitude is what I think about these mm -hmm. days of just doing yeah, this same. shit, being able to do it in any form, being able the, the to fact that you're the fact that you have the ability to do it is already like you're 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 winning the fact that you have this knowledge that came natural like you should you should just be like man i at least i can do this because then when you make the music then you give other people the ability to have that moment in their life too and that's special that's free like you can't really pay for any of that you yeah. know that's an exchangement that we all are doing with music in general, you know? Yeah. I mean, trends, that's, you know? and for me personally, like I'm not even, I'm not good at anything musically really. Like what I'm always grateful for is that ever since I was a kid, like I've always, it always just made sense to me. I could always see connections between sounds and styles. It's very DJ brain kind of thing, but yeah. you know, I mean, I took some music lessons here and there. I can play a couple of instruments pretty badly. I'm a, I'm yeah. a decent producer, but you know, certainly nowhere near the top, but all of it kind of comes together. And at the end of the day, it's just like, I'm glad I have the brain that I have that allows me to, you know, to operate in this way. Cause yeah. that's the one thing. And for all of us, you, uh, you know, anyone who does what we do at the end of the day, it's really just your unique perspective, the way you think about music. Like that's what I'm attracted to at an artist, you know? Yeah. E.T. Finger. <laughs> That's what E.T. Finger drop is. right there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, is there anything else we didn't talk about yet? Anything else that's on your guys' mind? I mean, Nick, I know you got some other projects going on, too. I don't know if you want to yeah. vaguely mention um, them. Well, I mean, right now, this has been the focus um, just because we've been launching it and getting off the ground. Uh, I wrote a hip-hop record with Armani. Armani yeah. Rain over the course of the pandemic. I mean, we started in 2020 and I think we've got, I think we realistically, we wrote like 20 something songs, like fully flesh mastered done songs. Um, and we whittled it down to about 10 that we're going to release. Uh, I don't have a release date yet. The project's called last rhetoric, L A S T last rhetoric. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll drop info as soon as yeah. I have it. We're working on actively working on a release date right now, but it's done. It's ready to go. It's really dope. I like it a lot. Um, I love Armani. He's unbelievably underrated. It's so sick. Yeah. Well, he's, he's another <laughs> one. He's, he's definitely, uh, he's, in, he's, in, he's yeah, so he's, talented. Well, and, and, and like his he's, background is interesting. Kind of an unsung uh, hero type. Like big yeah. time. He's that's what I'm saying. He's criminally underrated as a human being, but it really it's just, as an MC, he's just, unbelievable um and a human anyway so we got that um i started a band which is awesome nice. 
but that, that right now is like a passion thing. You know, we get together once a week and, uh, here in Austin and, um, the drummer in that is a guy that I've known my entire life, you know, since we were kids. So that's really cool. Um, that, that ET finger, what else got the ambient project? I don't know. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it. That's good. What, what, what that's about good you, Ed? Are you, I mean, I know you're, we talked about how you're oh, making shit 24 seven. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm always quick to try to get people involved in music. Um, and so I met this amazing girl, uh, blue and, um, you know, we got married during the pandemic and, um, I, one day she said, you know, I, I, I really would like to make music. I'm like, you can't say that to someone like me because like what the next thing I'm going to do is teach you how to make music. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, well, would you teach me? I'm like, I can teach you how to use Ableton. Cause that's a whole different yeah. thing. Like Ableton, like we can extract MIDI from anything. We can extract harmony melodies. And so by her, um, by me teaching her music, we've kind of developed this idea of what we think music could be. And so a lot of it is just like really weird, strange, like I'm on hold in the year 2064, <laughs> you know, waiting for my EBT card or my EDD, down, you know, yeah. just something really weird where we really got into the whole, like, how bad can, can this futuristic experience in this, you know, capitalistic post-capitalistic thing could happen. And then we just go in, in these dark worlds of ambient music. So that project is called, uh, art school fantasy. Okay. Um, and, but that's just like, you know, what me and her just do on our, on our time on the side. Um, the name. Oh, art school fantasies. Yeah. yeah. Art school fantasies. You look it up. We're just we're two, yeah, a, a, a boy and a girl just making music. And just I love that. Kind of, is it, yeah. is it out? You've released some stuff. Yeah. 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 Noise is even like, played our music on the radio oh, and amazing. stuff like they, they, yeah, they seem, they seem to really like it. It's just, it's just, it's dope. It's yeah. It's, it's like garbagey weird stuff. It's just strange. And I love it because it, 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 we just, it's really just like kind of like a joke, Yeah, but yeah. we're just laughing. Like, do you think they'll like this? Cause I don't know, but it sounds like crap. Huh? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 let's put it out. But a lot of it is her just experimenting as well. Um, and then just, you know, I mean, Right now it's ET finger. Like I'm literally like going through my files, like, Oh, this is halfway done here. Let's work on this. So, I mean, UFO, I'm always going to do stuff, you know, and there's probably tracks that are already done that are going to come out. But right now, the, the, right now the excitement is ET finger. And I think there's so much room for experimenting and I'm just curious even more just to see like how far can we push ourselves and can we keep, can we keep growing as engineers, as music people, as uh, DJs, as live performers, as artists, as conceptual artists, you like all that stuff. So yeah. Um, that's, that's, yeah, it. that's that, it on that's my enough. side. That's, that's more than enough. That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's fucking, it's great to see you guys, man. I, I got a lot of yeah, love for too, both man. of you and uh, yeah, I thank you for taking the time to do this. No, thanks for having us on, man. I, it's nice to be able to like talk about it and not have to, hope that people understand what we're going for. Right. You know, cause I mean, there's only so much you can do with social media, especially things, you know, like I, I'm not good at it. Oh, I, obviously. Yeah, I'm the worst man. Yeah. I, no, I'm, I think I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm worse than you. Sorry. But no, like we're trying, you know, like 
he's here for a week. We got turntables set up. We're, you know, kind of working on like what our DJ set will look like, work on tunes, trying to post stuff on Instagram and keep people up to date. But yeah, it's nice to like vocalize it. So we really appreciate Thank that. You. Of yeah. course, man. And really yeah, cool. like, you know, the next time you put something out, let's come back and, and do this, man. I feel like we could just uh, go yeah. on a bunch of tangents. Yeah, yeah, we would, yeah anytime. Yeah, yeah we'd love to. Thank yeah. Anytime. Well, uh, have a great rest of your day, guys. It's great to talk to you, man. Yeah, you too, man. All right, All right guys. Thanks again, Thank dude. you, man. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, guys. Later, Peace. man.